What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Hernition, joined as always by my colleague over at Blue Chip Scouted, Devin Jackson. No guests for us today. We got a lot planned for you. Um, but first, Devin, how you doing today, man? Doing pretty good. It's been a while since we've just done just me and you, you know. It's been, yeah, it's been what, about six weeks. <laughs> yeah, a month and a half. So we've constantly had guests come on and, you know, done various uh, team-specific mock drafts and, you know, had conversations about the quarterback class and, uh, you know, just all types of things. So we, we've been doing kind of all types of, of draft work. But we're, what, two weeks out from the draft now? Uh, about two and a half weeks and not a week and a half, man. It's, week, it's, it's oh, my bad, my bad. A week and a half. Uh, look at that. I'm already getting lost on things, but I know you know you start already working on the 21, 21 class. I'm starting to wrap up this 2020 class. Uh, so now it's just getting down to you know getting. It, it doesn't even feel like the draft is a, a week and a half away because we haven't had any pro days. You know, we've had all these virtual pro days and all these numbers oh, I, that are false and what. We, we got to talk about that. We got to talk about that. So what I was going to lead off with was the the uniforms that have been introduced by the, by the NFL teams. And I just want to say that um, Tampa Bay could have done better, but it could have also been a lot worse. You can't really get much worse than what they had. Uh, or at least I thought. And then Atlanta released theirs and God Damn, those are ugly, man. I mean, I know, I know you already dislike Atlanta, but now I dislike Atlanta because, man, those uniforms suck. Not good. Uh, gradient, no, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Never, not even once, never. Uh, I don't know who they think this is. This is not about to be a trend. I don't know if they're trying to be trendsetters, but listen, uh, the Falcons fans that are listening to me. Look, I don't like the Falcons. I'm not going to pretend like I like them. Um, but you are not going to sit here and tell me with a straight face that you like the gradient uniforms. You know what this – those gradient uniforms remind me of those really ugly Dallas Mavericks uniforms, one that look kind of graffiti-ish. Yes. Where you just kind of look at them and go, what the fuck is that? It's the same thing. They're really ugly. Or I don't know what it is about the city of Atlanta and just terrible uniforms because the, the Atlanta Hawks also have the worst uh, uniforms in the NBA. Yeah, that, I, I – I, I don't. Hate, I hate that color. I listen. I don't like a lot uh, about Atlanta sports teams. I like. I love the city. I just don't like the teams. But look, man, y'all, y'all got to get real with yourselves. Like, you better wear them throwback uniforms, the black and white or the all white. You just those are the only two that should have been released. The rest of them, forget about it. Like, it's not even like their old ones were bad. They just. They should, they should have just stuck with that. The Colts the Colts did it right. Minor touches. I actually kind of I really like their alternate logo with the state of Indiana in the sea. That's kind of cool. It's not. It doesn't hit you over the head with it. It's very subtle. I like it. Right. Yeah. Like I said, I was looking at the Colts earlier today in their new uniforms. You know, they're they're clean. I would say you know they're clean and to the point. Um, you know, I, I like the rebranding as well. I think that it's just a nice, clean look, and you know, I'm, I'm excited for them. They're kind of new, like you know, journey or whatever you want to say. But you know, I didn't expect the Colts to make major uniform overhauls. I mean, the classic blue and white look, and then all white on the road is really not much you can do with that. You know, get all blue sometimes, 
but it's it's just one of those uniforms that it's not really a much you can do with it. You can't get really like snazzy or creative with it, you know, that Atlanta tried to do or some of these other teams or the Bucks, uh, you know, teams like that. But they're not bad. Yeah, we're still waiting on, I think, the Patriots. Uh, the Browns are ditching those ugly uniforms they went with. For the, those had the shortest shelf life, I think, of any uniforms I've ever seen. They lasted like two years, maybe three. And it was about four years too many. I, I hate those Browns uniforms. The only thing worse than the Browns uniforms were the old Buccaneers uh, uniforms. And oh, the cream? Browns. The cream ones? You're talking about the cream Tampa Bay or the No, no, no. I'm talking <laughs> about the ones that, that the, the Bucks just got rid of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I hated good. those uniforms. Yeah, they were they were not nice, not good at all. The numbers were ugly. The numbers were ugly. The shoulder pads on them were ugly. It was. The, I'm glad they got rid of that. But moving away from uniforms, something slightly draft related. Uh, Devin, I don't know if you know this, but I, I, I did. I held my virtual pro day the other day. What the numbers and, looking like, man? Well, I'll tell you. For one, I came in at six five. Uh, I surprised myself when I weighed in at two o two. Uh, and then I ran the best 40 of my life and I, I, I ran a four, six, one. Oh shit. Yeah. For those of you that can't tell, uh, none of that is actually true. Uh, I am six foot one. Uh, I weigh about two fifteen, and, uh, I haven't run sub six since, uh, I was about 15 years old. So, I, these numbers are ridiculous, man. Cam Dantzler did not shave three-tenths of a second off his 40 time. I can tell you that. He did not. There's a difference between, like, wanting to impress teams and just straight out lying. Come on, man. Like, we, we like, there's, there's no way you, uh, I just don't understand. Like, when I, even, what, what, what was the new time that you said it was going to be? 438 or something like that? 438, uh, after like four six five at the combine or something like that. Like, when I was watching the video, there was no way he ran faster than a f- sub four five. No, he was like a four four like seven guy on film, like tops. Like four five would have been fine. You know what I'm saying? It looked like in the video, like you you know what four three looks like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that did not look like enough. four three. No. That did not look like four three. That was a four like, five. Grant Delpit, I could see being actually like the four three nine, uh, maybe, and then Jalen Rieger. Okay, so Jalen Rieger was supposed to be in contention to break the forty record at the combine. Shows up a little bit bigger and runs like a four four five. And now apparently at his pro day, he comes in uh, the same weight that he was listed at at TCU, uh, an inch taller, and uh, he somehow manages to tie John Ross's forty record unless he ran thirty five yards. Or 37, 38. Yeah, man. He like seriously, you can't go from four four five to almost breaking the record. That's not a thing. I just don't understand, man. Like I, I get it, but it's just like, come on, man. If, like who are you? Who are you think? Who do you think you're fooling? These teams know better. They're not going to take your word on this. Wait till Makai Becton runs a four five, like. Like, to me, it doesn't matter. It don't really matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, the film will speak for itself. If you're just not – if you didn't run as fast as we thought you would, that's fine, you know? But 
don't say that you ran a four two, man. Like no one, no. no this ah, you had your you had your chance on at the combine. Like I get it, man. But you know we know you're fast. We know what you can do. This just not a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Just not a big deal in my opinion. I, I I could go on. There there are so many things about about you know sports right now with all of this where. It's just it's been driving me nuts, you know the virtual pro day times, uh, the you know good TikToks that keep flooding my my Twitter account that are being tweeted out by goddamn ESPN. Like I, there's one thing I really don't care about. It's an athlete doing a TikTok dance. I really don't care, and I don't think ESPN should really be putting that out there. To me, I I, I, I don't care. To me, I prefer them just to continue to do those throwback videos. Yeah. Like this happened, you know, a couple of days ago. Yeah, I mean, a couple of years ago on this day versus like yeah. posting unbearable like, like stupid just, dances that are like LeBron related tweets. Like I don't care. Like it's Taco Tuesday. Like I don't care about that. <laughs> Please do not do that every single Tuesday, Bleach Report. <laughs> Uh, but uh, some more draft news. Uh, we do have a little bit more um, info as to how this virtual draft is going to work. 65 players have been invited. I still don't entirely know what that entails. Um, and Roger Goodell is going to be announcing the picks from his basement. Oh, uh, the, the memes per, from that. Oh, God. Per, per Peter King. Now, I think that they should find some way to just to, to make it feel more like a draft where Roger Goodell will just be, like, Roger Goodell, if he's truly, like, one of the top commissioners in the league, which he's not, you know, he's, he's no Adam Silver, I'll say that much. But if he really wanted to try to compete with Adam Silver, he would actually have on loop anytime a pick was announced, just audio of him being booed. Have the ESPN, you know, ticker go off and then have him get booed and then he can announce the pick. I think that that his his fanfare would go up a lot more if he just fed into it. Like like David Stern in the old days, like before he he retired, when he would like rile up the crowd as they were booing him. Like he needs to do that just for us to make it feel like it's a real draft. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Speaking, so we we mentioned all of this stuff about the draft because in case you didn't notice from the from the title, we actually have not done a mock draft podcast ever, ever because we switched over to being a draft focused podcast in February or end of January really, and we've just been focusing on things like the combine, the pro days that never happened, fixing specific teams. We've never actually done a mock draft podcast. Hell, I think I've only done like two mock drafts this entire like draft season. And, you know, it's my last one was posted right after the combine. So, we uh we're going to do a little bit of work and we're going to go back and forth. I'm going to have all the odd numbers, Devin's going to have the even numbers and we're just going to get after it, man. I think this is going to be uh, a lot of fun. For sure, you know, might even negotiate some trades here and there too. <laughs> so, um, I don't know how you're going to tackle it. I think that I, what I try to do in around this time is a mix of what I think will happen, what I've heard reported will happen, and then a little bit of like what I would do. 
I don't know how you're going to tackle this, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. I mean, I, I have uh, you know a couple notable mock drafts pulled up and see where they they might go versus where I think I'm gonna go with picks. So, all right. So without further ado, number one overall pick, Cincinnati Bengals select Justin. No, Joe Burrow. Um, I don't need to explain why this is gonna happen. Uh, I know that there's some rumblings that Justin Herbert's gonna be the number one overall pick. Any, it's not. It's not gonna happen. If um. If that happens, I will actually print out a description of this podcast episode, and I will eat it. Jesus. If Justin Herbert is the number one overall pick, I will eat a description of this podcast. Good Lord. It's been known since, like, October that this was the pick, so... This, the number one overall pick, remember a couple years ago when, like, the, the, the number one overall pick wasn't always, like, a foregone conclusion the minute yes. the season ended? Like, absolutely. 2018 was really nice because we didn't know that. Because we thought, even up until the day of, that it was going to be Darnold. And then it was Mayfield. <sighs> All right, man. So, number two, Washington. I think this is also kind of a foregone conclusion. Yeah, for sure. We're going to go with just, no, Chase Young. Um, I love how you did the same joke, too. For sure. You know, Justin <laughs> Herbert, man. Nah, I, I should have I said, uh, like, Andrew Thomas or something like that. Worse. <laughs> but, man, you got to go with Chase Young. Uh, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter discuss, like, you know, maybe they go get a quarterback or they trade back with the Dolphins and get 5-26 and 26 and like all types of things, but to me, you got one of the you got arguably the best player on your board at at two. Um, you got you got a quarterback already that's developing uh, that may or may not be the future of the core, future of the franchise, but you still have to figure that out kind of. But you have uh, you brought in Ron Rivera, and you know you need to shore up that defense. Why not have one of a generational type of player in Chase Young? Uh, be selected. I, I think that's pretty much a no-brainer and something that needs to happen. And we cannot pretend that this is one of the cases where uh, I don't know if I should pick him or not. You should absolutely pick him. Um, so I will. I'll go Chase Young at number two. I'm on the clock again with Detroit at number three, and this one's really obvious. Uh, Matt Patricia is supposedly a defensive-minded coach. You'd never know it based on how that defense has played since he took over. He's coaching for his job. Bob Quinn is drafted for his job. I know there's the rumors that they're going to you know, trade down, and I've done that a lot. I've had them trade down with Miami. Miami trades 5-26, and 26, moves up two spots to get Tua. I'm actually not going to do a trade in this case because um, I don't trust that their guy would still be there at, five, at four given what I'm hearing. I think that Detroit stays at three, gets Jeff Okuda. They lost Darius Slay in a trade that they f- facilitated to Philadelphia. Just makes too much sense. Got it. Now this this number four pick, the Giants. Uh, is I've been going we, back. We know who this is. We know who this pick's going to be. Our guy Connor Rogers two weeks ago told us. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, and he said Isaiah Simmons, right? Yeah, he said it was Isaiah Simmons because somehow, even in a year where there's been no draft rumbles because no one's allowed outside of their house, the Giants still somehow get their their pick leaked. Right. Uh, I see it. To me, it's kind of a you have to take the best player available. Uh, they obviously have needs. Uh, they could take Jedrick Wills, you know, there at, at four, uh, something that I would be 
probably more leaning towards or uh, Tristan Wirfs. I think that they definitely need a tackle, especially for Daniel Jones to be successful in NFL because their offensive line is God horrible. Um, but it's too hard to pass up Simmons, man. Uh, Simmons is just a, a transcendent talent that needs to, to be picked. But guess what? I'm going with Tristan Wirfs. Oh, uh, see, you were talking about Simmons, and I was about to drop my comp for Simmons, but I will I will save that for when he does get picked. Um, so I'm on the board with five. I have still not had a, a pick that has provided me with any sort of debate. Uh, this is really easy. It's Tua Tag. It's Tua. I still, despite having watched him for almost two years, I'm not entirely sure on how to say the last name because it's spelt Tagovailoa, but I've heard Tungavailoa. It's Tua. They, they, they've been tanking for Tua for two years, and now Tua's there, and you just got to hope that that he's healthy. I know there's a lot of rumors that he's going to fall out of the top ten because he can't do a physical, all of that. I don't really care. They've been tanking for him for two years. It's Tua. I... Agree with that. I mean, to me, they have to take him, you know, like otherwise it's going to be the Chargers that take him. And to me, like with six, you know, the Chargers are at six, obviously. And I like Justin Herbert uh, and I think they're going to pick them. And it's probably going to be my pick here. But it's just like, uh, do they need to pick them? You know, with do you? possibly tank another year and get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. You know, that's kind of decision-making you have to go through with the Chargers. But I just feel like they're never going to be worse than right now. Like, I think they, they're they an organization that doesn't typically pick in the top 10. Yeah. You know, top 15 maybe, top 20 maybe. But top 10, this is very rare. So I think they take their guy, Justin Herbert, here. Uh, even though that's not... You know, a pick that I love, but I feel like that's a pick that needs to be made. And you know what? If he needs to develop, you could at least throw Tyrod out there for a little bit. Yep. Um, I don't know how much can, Tyrod has left, but... Can, like, can we can we give a moment of silence for Tyrod Taylor? Because this will be the second time in as many years that he is signed and said that he will be the starting quarterback, and then he has to battle out a rookie that's picked high. In the, uh, the, in the NFL draft, first with Baker Mayfield, now with potentially Justin Herbert. Uh, you got to feel for the guy. Yeah. Moving on to a team that uh, definitely doesn't need a quarterback. They, they, you know, the Carolina Panthers, we had uh, Jared Feinberg on uh, not too long ago to talk about their needs. And when I've been doing mock drafts you know, with Carolina and I've been doing you know, what I did, the, the one that will be released soon enough on, on blue chip scouting Isaiah Simmons isn't there so usually I'm, I'm debating between an offensive lineman one of the two defensive tackles but I have to Isaiah Simmons is there Carolina loves their linebackers they just lost um, you know Luke Keekley uh, for retirement and you know I've said it and it's been said by a lot of other people that when you're drafting Isaiah Simmons, if you want him to be just an every down middle linebacker, you're doing it wrong. I think that the um, defensive coordinator that's uh, going to uh, Carolina, is 
It's not Dave Arunda. He took over at, at Baylor. Whatever. The defensive coordinator for Carolina. I think they're smart enough, especially with Matt Rule, to know the many ways to use Isaiah Simmons. So I think that he's going to be kind of jack of all trades there. Uh, I didn't have a comp for, for Isaiah Simmons, or at least an NFL comp. I just compared him to Zeus, the, the Greek god, because that's about all I could come up with. Right. Yeah, he's, he's a do-it-all player. You definitely yeah. cannot put him in a box and say you have to be just this, you know? It's definitely someone And if that, you're doing that, you're doing it wrong. Right. I, I wholeheartedly agree. You got to really cater to what he does best, you know, and putting him all over the place. Like, to me, like, this is not an exact comp, but, like, just kind of how many skill sets he can bring to the tail reminds me kind of Tyron Matthew, uh, like, in the aspect that he can be a slot corner. He can be a safety you know, you can bring him off the edge. You can blitz and get to the quarterback, you know. And obviously, you know, Isaiah Simmons, to me, is far more superior athletically. But to me, I guess just the way that teams use Tyron Matthew and in many, many different positions and really just do it based on need, I think that's what they'll do with Isaiah Simmons. For sure, for sure. All right, you're back on the on the clock with Arizona, who has had a very interesting offseason because – they paid DJ Humphreys a lot of money to still not be very good. They took care of the wide receiver issue by trading for DeAndre Hopkins, which is a sentence I still haven't gotten used to saying. Oh, Bill Where do they go at eight? Eight, still need a tackle. Yeah, it's still one of the best tackles on the board at eight, Jedrick Wills. I feel like that's the pick. Um, Kyler Murray needs protection. Didn't, Regardless, you take, didn't you take Jedrick Wills at four? No, Tristan Worse. Tristan Worse at four, yeah. sorry. Uh, Jedrick Wills, I feel like, has to be the pick at eight. You know, Kyler Murray, is he, if he's going to be your future, you know, quarterback, franchise quarterback, he needs protection. And with him being small, more susceptible to injuries, uh, also being a runner, you know. So I feel like Jedrick Wills, you know, arguably the best tackle in this draft class. Uh, him and worse to me are neck and neck. Um, I feel like this, is, this needs to be picked. I mean, obviously you got C.D. Lamb there that you could pick to just have a bevy of receivers. I mean, my God, you know, Hopkins and Fitzgerald and you got CeeDee Lamb. Like, you have so many. Plus, Jerry Kirk, Akeem Butler, Eddie Isabella. Holy shit. Jerry Judy is still here, you know? So we're just like, uh, at what point do you need to just go ahead and be like, yeah, we need need a guy that's going to be able to start in this league 10, 15 years, uh, be a solid guy. You know, make some Pro Bowls and, and just protect my quarterback. So Jedrick Wills is the pick here. All right, so I'm on the board now with Jacksonville, and God damn, this team has a lot of needs. This team has a lot of needs. We're t- can we, can we, we say everything? Look- yes, they they need <laughs> absolutely everything. They need everything that's not named Miles Jack, um, because they've just been getting rid of everything that that has any sort of value on that team. By the way, sleeper team for possibly picking number one overall next year. Just saying. Um, it's a sleeper. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 atrocious. They have no wide receivers to throw to. Like DJ Chark is okay, but is he really a number one? But then like, despite picking all these defensive tackles, like Taven Bryan a couple of years ago, who 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 has done absolutely nothing despite being a first round pick. Um, where do they go? And I mean, offensive tackles a, a need because. Oh my God! This team has so many needs. Thank God they have two first-round picks. Like, good God, they're so bad. 
I'm looking at their roster right now, and there's just there is like not any sort of redeeming quality to this team. But when I'm looking at it, uh, like you you honestly still could go quarterback depending on what on your feelings on Gardner Minshew, but they need desperately something on that defensive line. And the last time they had really a good set of defensive tackles, they had like you know they had Calais Campbell obviously, but before that. There was Marcus Stroud and John Henderson, and there's a guy in this draft class that I have compared to Marcus Stroud. Javon Kinlaw is the pick at nine. Mm. I know he's got the the concerns over the knee, but he's just so valuable as a pass rusher. I don't think that they're gonna pass him up. And again, it's not a it's not a position where if it if it uh, if it hits, it doesn't exactly affect winning if they decide they still want to tank next year for Trevor. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, for me at ten, you got the Browns, and my God, man! I think I know what position this is going to be. It's just going to be the player. Yeah, uh, man, you got Makai Becton and Andrew Thomas. I think those are the two that you really have to decide between. In terms of who do you want, because there's no doubt that they need linemen. <laughs> there's no doubt in my mind they need tackles. They need people to protect Baker Mayfield if he's going to be the quarterback they expect him to be. Um, but shoot, they need safety as to, safety too. But I just don't think ten is a spot to pick a safety. There's just not a guy I feel like I'll pound the table at ten for at safety. Um, so to me, I, I'm a I, I like Andrew Thomas just a little bit more than Makai Becton. So I'm going with Andrew Thomas, tackle from Georgia. I like that. I like that. Um, although I also kind of hate it because uh, Andrew Thomas has been my guy for the Jets for most Ooh. of draft season. Yeah. Um, geez, it's um. It has to be Makai Becton. I mean, the, the, the Jets need a left tackle, they need a right tackle, and then they need all three positions along the interior as well. I know, they invested a lot in the offensive line, and I think it was, it, it might have been either Schefter or Rappaport that tweeted out, like, oh, well, they got George Fant, and they got this guy, and they got this guy. It's like, those guys all suck. There's a reason they were available for cheap. Like, they suck. Uh, they needed to get the, the best available tackle, uh, Makai Becton, I'm not crazy like some. I know I've seen him in like some people's like top seven or eight players. Uh, he comes in on my board as I fail at being able to open up my spreadsheet properly. Uh, but he comes in as I open up the wrong document. Wow, I'm really doing well today. You can edit all this out if you feel like it. Um, he's he's my OT4. He comes in, I believe, at like 20... He's 22nd on my board. So again, the value is not quite there, but the need, I mean, goddamn, if, if Sam Darnold's ever going to see anything other than ghosts and defenders coming his way, you need protection for him. Hey, man. I mean, shoot, we last, what, four picks, three of them been tackles. Yep. There's a lot. There's a, there's a need for tackles. Uh, offensive tackle play in the NFL has been really bad the last couple years. And the drafts haven't exactly been supplying us with any good tackles. So for a draft like this, where it's actually strong at the position, is uh, a sight for sore eyes. Right. So this pick at 12, uh, normally, you know, really, really, at the, like right after the season ended, it was no doubt in people's minds that Jerry Judy was probably going to go for with the Giants. 
you know, people have foregone conclusions on that. Um, but now he's available at 12. CD Lamb is available at 12. And you ask most people, they're 1A and 1B. Um, to me, uh, Judy is my wide receiver one. And I feel like if the Raiders have this, you know, ability to pick both, like, damn, you know, it's like, who do you pick? It's like, you got CD, he's, he's just Mr. You know, do it all, uh, has crazy, uh, run after catchability, all these things, but Jerry Dewey's route running is unlike anything we've seen in quite some time. I mean, crisp routes, uh, just quick off the ball, just can do, he can do it from the slot. He can do it from the outside, wherever you put him, he, he's going to get open and he's going to create separation. Um, I know there's been, you know, people's had their reservations about Judy. Um, but in my opinion, I think that he is gotta be the guy, you know? So you're going with Judy at 12? Yes. All right. Yeah. I like, I think we've kind of figured out by now that 12 is going to be realistically where the first wide receiver comes off the board, which is despite how deep this class is, I think that's going to push some of these guys down the board. Because, like, Jerry Judy is my number three overall player in the class. Or number, uh, sorry, Judy's sixth overall. He was, he spent most of the year in, like, the top two or three. But, you know, he's been pushed down a little bit as, as the draft go- season has gone on because of, like, Derek Brown, Isaiah Simmons, Jeffrey Okuda, Joe Burrow. I think he yeah. started the year as my number one overall player. He started last summer as my number one guy. But yeah. I, okay, go ahead. But I think, you know, we've been hearing a lot with Vegas in terms of, they're, they're going to take the first wide receiver. It's going to be a, uh, you know, a defensive, uh, uh, sorry, it's going to be, uh, you know, one of the guys like uh, Henry Ruggs, if it's not a defender. And I like Ruggs. I just, I, I can't see him being the first wide receiver taken. Well, especially considering, I think that, like, Judy and Lamb are 1A, 1B. Then there's, like, 2 slash 3 in in Henry Ruggs. It's not a 1A, 1B, 1C type thing. I'm on the board with what used to be Indianapolis and is now San Francisco due to the DeForest Buckner trade. There are a lot of ways that this pick can go. Uh, You know, one thing is, I've heard that this is going to be defensive tackle if, if both Lamb and Judy are gone. That they want a, a, a disruptive... Defensive tackle. Now, that sounds like someone very specific, right? Yep. Yeah, that sounds like that would be Derek Brown. But DeForest Buckner's more of a pass rusher. But at the same time, I'm looking at my board, and Derek Brown is my number five overall player, and he's available here at 13. I'm going to give them Derek Brown. I think that they have enough at wide receiver and it's deep enough compared to the defensive tackle class where 31 you could come around and still get a decent, you know, get a pretty good wide receiver. You're not getting that at 31 at defensive tackle. Yeah, I agree. You know, you're you're not going to get it better than this. You know what I'm saying? Um, especially since he's fallen so far. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just like, what, what can you do? You know? Uh, For sure. So I got the Bucks. And, You're on the board with 14. Yeah, and 
normally I've seen a lot of different picks for this one. I've seen tackle. I've seen inside defensive lineman. And neither of those things are on the board right now where I would get good value um, for that pick. And I was kind of banking on at least Derrick Brown being there or Kinlaw or Thomas or Becton, but none of them are there. So it's like, now what do you do? And it's like kind of too early to reach for a running back at this position at 14. Um, do you do you want to trade with Las Vegas? Let's let's make a trade, man. All right, let's make so, a trade. Vegas trades nineteen and something else. I don't really care what. We're not going past round one to go. They just um, they just uh, traded. Oh, sorry, they just selected uh, Jerry Judy, and there's going to be a run on linebackers coming really really soon, and they get out ahead of the curve and they make sure that they get their guy. I think that they're going to go with, um, with with Kenneth Murray in this. Okay. And the reason is, I think that people are... I think the NFL is going to be a little bit more skeptical on a Patrick Queen who only started... Or who only played 16 games, uh, wasn't a starter coming into the year. And yes, played his best when, when the games mattered the most. But how much of a flash in the pan was he? Whereas Kenneth Murray, there's three years of really good tape on film for him. And I think that you could look at maybe a team like Atlanta at 16, Dallas at 17, maybe. Miami again at 18. Like Miami just has a lot of needs. They needed to get up in order to, to, to make a solid pick. Even Denver, I think there's a potential for maybe picking a linebacker. I think that in this case, Vegas doesn't have a ton of needs. So just making sure that you get a solid player, even if you have to trade up and maybe overpay a bit. And sure, could he have still been there at 19? Maybe. But just get your guy. Especially for a team like Tampa, where there's nothing there. And I would not pick Josh Jones. Oh, absolutely no. No, 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 no. I would not pick Josh Jones. I would not pick uh, any, really, no tackle inside of this lineman. You do not need to reach that far to get uh, a player that you need, you know what I'm saying? And like I said, I will not pick a running back at 14. You know, I just don't think the the value is there. As much as I like uh, DeAndre Swift, as much as I like Dobbins, you know, as much as I like those guys, I just don't think that's worth the reach. So I felt like a trade back was necessary, to, just depending on how the board fell. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, at 15, I'm back again because I'm I'm staying. You know, with the order, I'm with Denver. C.D. Lamb is still available at 15, and we end that because, I mean, man, Denver is another team where they're actually really close. They've got potentially their quarterback in the future in Drew Locke. They have Philip Lindsay. They, for whatever reason, decided it was a good idea to bring on Melvin Gordon. Um, they have Cortland Sutton. They now have C.D. Lamb, Noah Fant, and... They still have Deshaun Hamilton, who has all of the tools to put it together and be a solid number two wide receiver. This is going to be a dangerous offense if this all comes together. Offensive tackle is a need, like you said, with Tampa. Not a chance in hell I'd take one of the guys left at 15. Atlanta at 16 for you. This is a team where we had been connecting edge rusher for as long as we could remember, and then the offseason started, and they paid a crap ton of money to, to Dante Fowler. 
which symbolizes to me they're not going edge in round one. Absolutely not. Uh, we've seen Epinesa been linked to him. We've seen Chase on been linked to him. But the real need is corner. Uh, and you're playing now in a division where you're playing Tom Brady and Drew Brees four times. And Just, Teddy. And, and Teddy Bridgewater as well. And they got some weapons there. Uh, Desmond Desmond Trufant is not the answer, has not been the answer for some, he got cut. some time. He got cut. Thank God. Uh, and they need somebody to come in with talent. Uh, and you got two guys that you're kind of going back and forth on, C.J. Henderson, Christian Fulton. Um, given Atlanta's history, they're not afraid to take LSU players. They got Deion Jones on a roster and a few other LSU players. They had Jalen Collins when he came out. Um, and that was not a good pick. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that. Uh, so I think they go with Christian Fulton. Ooh, I like that pick. I like that pick. Um, Fulton is CB3. He's one spot behind on my board um, from uh, CJ Henderson, who's CB2. Uh, so really either or. Um, who's CB1? Uh, Okuda. Oh, damn. I forgot that he's... You just forget that Okuda is, is, is a... He's just so such in such a different stratosphere yeah. than the rest of the DBs. You just like forget like, oh, yeah, he's DB1. It's just like... Yeah. It's just like so different from everybody else. But go ahead. All right, so I'm on I'm on the I'm on the board right now with Dallas, and I really have to nail this pick because uh, our boss Del, uh, Dalton Miller, diehard uh, Dallas Cowboys fan, um, you know I won't hold it against him. Um, but this is a team that you know they're they're close. They actually should have likely been in the playoffs, but you know they couldn't do shit down the stretch and let Philadelphia back in. So. Um, they they need edge help. They, they desperately do. And Caleb on Chase on is there, so we're gonna go back to back LSU guys. Caleb on Chase on. Uh, you're not this edge class sucks. You're gonna be able to find a better uh, corner probably in round two than you would an edge rusher. So uh, Caleb on Chase on at seventeen. You're back with Miami. Who, by the way, they got Tua to start with. So who who's joining Ooh. Tua? I got some options. I got Henry Ruggs is still available. Oh my god, that's right. I can I can like blow up the entire universe. They got Swift is available. Dobbins, uh, still not going offensive tackle. I don't know if I I still don't know if I reach for Josh Jones there. Um, if I reach for a tackle there, I don't know, man. <sighs> because they can still get a tackle at twenty six. Yeah, and it wouldn't be a reach. And it got they need. Uh, I, I I'm gonna say that pick for 26. I know who I want to pick at 26. Hopefully he's still there. Um, hmm. Let's see. It's it's like a hard hard like battle. Like, do I want to get a safety and shore up the their back end? Do I want to get another weapon for Tua? Uh, do I want to get a running back? You know, so so difficult to make these decisions for for Miami because they could easily be offered a trade. I feel like this is a, a pick that they might trade. Yeah, I can see it happening. Uh, I think that it's a real possibility. Uh, now, who's going to move up to trade with them? That's I think that's a question that we all kind of want to know. And I kind of played around with like a last mock draft that the Bears trade in the first round and give up some valuable assets to get somebody. 
and I, I just want to divert for for a second, but this is why I did on like the last mock draft I was a part of. Uh, I had the Bears, and I really don't love Nick Foles. I really don't like Mitch Trubisky, uh, and Tua Herbert Burrow gone. Why don't the Bears trade up in the first round and get Jordan Love? Ooh. You know. Yeah. And they have the they kind of have the infrastructure in place where they can. Like their team is good enough to be a playoff team, but they their quarterback play has to improve. Um, and maybe Nick Foles is that guy, but I think they just need to, to cut ties with Mr. Biscuit. I don't think he's going to be the guy, you know? So that was something that I was playing around with. Uh, I'm not going to do that in this draft, but that's something I was thinking about as well. Uh, maybe the Chiefs trade up and get Henry Ruggs right here. Oh, God, that would be terrifying. Because I'm literally – Trading with myself, so I could I could do that right now. You know what I'm saying? No, you can't. You'd, you'd be trading with me. Oh, no, Thirty-two. No, never mind. You would be trading with, with yourself. Yeah, you can trade with yourself. Mm. You're gonna do it, aren't you? Mm. you? You're thinking about it. I I, I I know what that. I know what that's. Yeah, you're doing it, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Cheese trade for pick eighteen, and they select Henry Rocks. Ooh, goddamn. All right, you're now back on the board again because you have Tampa, who traded with uh, Vegas a couple minutes ago. See, 19 now with the Bucks. Uh, do I have Josh Jones? But the running backs It's now, a little bit better at 19 than it is at 14. Yeah, uh, running backs. Hmm. I don't know. I just don't see. Or, or. Actually, you know what? No, I'm not going to give you the idea. I'm not going to give the idea because there's a guy I'm waiting for a future pick that I, that I, that I don't want taken this early. Oh. Never mind. Never mind. Uh-oh. I said nothing. I said nothing. Uh-oh. Hold on. I'm ringing the phone. So, uh, so Mike. Oh, no, no. We ain't trading up for him. We ain't <laughs> trading up for him. But there's a guy I'm saving for a future pick. Hmm. And the Bucks, man. The Bucks, Bucks. Who to pick? Who to pick? Hmm. I want Tom Brady the last, but at the same time, I want weapons around him. Give me DeAndre Swift. Ooh, shit. That wasn't what I had in mind, but I like that. Ronald Jones never really amounted to much. I mean, his first year, was he was completely useless. And then last year, he really wasn't much better. And then, like, Peyton Barber is the other running back. It just makes too much sense. I know people are anti-running back in round one nowadays, but, like, get these nuts and uh, just realize that there's – good running backs on this class and they should go according to talent as well um let's see i think i'm uh, back on the board again you are yeah <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> yeah you're back you're back with uh with jacksonville who at uh nine got javon kinlaw shoot we go on defense again give me xavier mckinney yeah yeah they they need all the help that they can get um you know Ronnie Harrison was he's he's pretty good. They've traded everything else from that secondary. Um, one thing I'm surprised is that you didn't go with corner. They they you didn't go corner when C.J. Henderson was still there. I like Xavier McKinney just a little bit better. Ooh, okay, all right. I'm on the board. This is a guy I was talking about that I didn't want you taking with uh, with Tampa. The Eagles desperately need a wide receiver. It makes way too much sense. I'm surprised you didn't think about this because he's in your, he, he's from your neck of the woods. It's JJ Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. I love me some Justin Jefferson. 
I remember when I wanted Henry Ruggs to fall to 21 because the Eagles desperately needed speed and Deshaun Jackson was not what he was and all of that. I don't care. I now just want Justin Jefferson because the fact that he's wide receiver four in this class and I've compared him to potentially a top five wide receiver in the NFL in Devontae Adams says volumes about this draft class. It's crazy. Yeah, like he should not... If this were any other draft class, if this were, say, last year, he's wide receiver one. Agreed. Yeah, it's 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 insane. He's he's wide receiver one or wide receiver two in so many of like the last two three draft classes, and he's wide receiver four in this one. And it's you know, you know, the big concern with him was speed, and then he ran a four four five, and I stopped caring. I I now want him at twenty one so badly, dude. I'm not kidding. If the Eagles fear that he may not be there come draft day. I don't trade care if they trade up. Trade up for him. I don't care. I- Atlanta, listen, you guys suck at everything anyways. Just trade back five picks and let us get JJ at, at 16. We're at 22, and there's a team that needs corners, and CJ Henderson is still there. Yep, Vikings need a corner. Usually, you know, uh, Jeff Gladney is the pick at 22 for the uh, for the Vikings, and that's usually because C.J. Henderson's gone. Does his slide continue, Devin? I mean, Minnesota, Zimmer likes guys that can tackle. But do you pass up C.J. Henderson, who many think can possibly go top ten? I don't think you pass him up. Um, tackling or not, look, you, you need guys, you need dudes, you know? You need dudes out there that can hold their own. Xavier Rose has been getting torched. Cut up, ate up, whatever. And then you cut. Call it. And then cut. <laughs> like he got torched and he was not great. Uh they got Trey Waynes, right? Nope, he's gone too. He's gone too. Uh you need CBs. I mean, you gotta get whoever you can get. You know, and Henderson, he could be D B one. Yeah, I'm D B two, my bad. D B two. Because <laughs> like need I to said, keep remembering that Jeff Okuda is in the draft. He's class. out of this world though. He's out of this <laughs> world with coverage. And let me know. Let I'll tell you what. I know that I could. I knew he was going to be a top five pick when I tweeted out a video of him, and my mentions were on fire. So I'm gonna go with C.J. Henderson's pick. <laughs> All right, moving on to pick 23. I have completely lost my page. I, uh, there we are. All right, New England Patriots. They don't have Tom Brady. I don't think that Belichick's going to draft a quarterback, though, despite Jordan Love still being there. And I'll tell you why, Devin. I think that Belichick's ego is going to try to want to prove that it wasn't all Brady and he can do it with Jared Stidham or I think they brought back Brian Hoyer for, like, his seventh stint with the team. Um, they're, they're not going to go quarterback early i don't think uh if if it were me i would go jordan love but i don't know if they're gonna go jordan love they have some they have they have other needs too and one of which man i don't know if he's a first round player on anyone else's board scheme wise but they've had success with a player like this before i'm gonna give them aj epineza i felt it coming yeah, I'm 
<sighs> All right. I have AJ Epineza as my 18th overall player in the class. I more or less punished him by just moving him from edge to defensive line. He the tape is still good enough that he's a first that he's a first rounder, but man, that athletic profile, he needs to basically go to a Patriots type team whether that would be the Lions in round two, um, Tennessee, like they need one. He needs one of those teams to draft him and the Patriots, uh, make the most sense. This seems like a Bill Belichick type guy. Epineza. We, we've had our (laughs) rises and falls on him for sure. Oh yeah, we definitely have. Um, Hmm. I don't lie, I was not expecting that pick. Yeah, yeah, I I just, I don't think that they're going to go with the quarterback. I don't. <sighs> I think they're going to try Jarrett Stidham. <sighs> 24, mostly nig- enigma of them all. <sighs> my my beloved New Orleans Saints. Um, mm, this is this is tough, you know, because I think Kenneth Murray is their guy. Uh, and but he's long of, gone. I know, and a lot of people are... Saints fans want to get Patrick Queen, but the Saints are known for not taking LSU players. I know they kind of have in recent years kind of softened it up about that. I don't I just don't know, man. I just don't know if they love uh they love Patrick Queen, you know? Yeah. Um and listen, DB has kind of been you know, kind of been, you know, up and down for the Saints, you know, whether or not they will pick him. Uh, pick a DB, you know, potentially. Um, I don't know. This is hard for me because I, I want to nail the pick because obviously, you know, there are Saints fans out there like, you know, I don't know. His legitimacy might be gone here after this pick. Uh, I, I like Jordan Love. Uh, I don't know if I'd like him in the Saints uniform either. Mm. This is a lot. It's really hard to pick for your own team, isn't it? Yeah, because it's like there are so many guys you love, but I've seen like things from like Jonathan Taylor being picked to the Saints, or I uh, know who not in round one, especially when you have Kamara. Uh, hello, like his skill set doesn't even match it, and then the receivers available. Ah, oh. man, this is tough. Like I said, I, I like Patrick Queen for sure. I just don't know if the Saints are going to pick him. I can't remember the last time the Saints used a first-round pick on a linebacker. You know, it's been so long. I don't know, man. Damn. Ah, do I trade back? Potentially get two second-round picks? Ah, I, I don't know, man. I'm trying to see if there's a team where it would make sense to trade up. And you know what? I think there might be one. I'll, I'll trade with you. Who you got? All right. The reason I'm doing this is because there's two teams at 28 and 29 that I think are both looking at the same player. And I think Tennessee trades up to make sure they get in front of Baltimore. So I'll, I'll, I'll trade with you from Tennessee. I don't know what. Maybe I give you like a third because I'm trading up in the late 20s. Yeah. All right. So I'll, I'll now take the pick. Tennessee's got the 24th overall pick. This is a real easy pick. I got out in front of Baltimore because you're picking for Baltimore. And I'm going to get Zach Bond. Okay. Tennessee needs another edge rusher. 
Listen, I know, like, our guy, Yitor Grosmatos, could still be there for them at 29. Zach Bond, maybe you could argue, shouldn't still be here at 24. Like, you could probably see New England taking him at 23, even, because he kind of, you know, projects similar to Kyle Van Noy, who they just let go. Like, they let leave in free agency. So, they see that New England passed on him, and they're not taking any fucking chances. They're getting up there. They don't want Baltimore you know, to trade up. They want to make sure they get their guy. They need someone to put across from Harold Landry, who, by the way, making my brand look real good after I had him as, like, my 11th-ranked player in that year's class, and they got him in round two. Um, this just seems like a Vrabel guy. Reason being, if it's a New England-type guy, it's a Vrabel-type guy, too. Right. All right, so that. I'm now back on the clock again. With Minnesota, and you had them taking uh, C.J. Henderson, right? Yep. All right. So I'm looking at their needs, and corner, they just traded Stephon Diggs. They need a replacement at wide receiver. <sighs> T. Higgins is rated higher than any other available uh, wide receiver on my board, but the sense I've been getting is that come draft day, he's going in round two. And there are a lot of guys that I think the NFL likes a lot more than T. Higgins that I personally don't like as much. Mm. One guy where if he went like as a fifth wide receiver taken, I wouldn't hate it, is going to be where I go with, with this pick. Denzel from Baylor. I thought about that at 22. Henderson there, you got to take him there, you know? You yeah, take a DB. you know, Mims, especially now that you've taken the corner, you get the wide receiver need out of the way. It just makes way too much sense. Uh, man, Denzel Mims has had a great pre-draft season. T. Higgins has not. Uh, but man, Denzel Mims has, has really handled this well. I like... I, I almost want to go back and edit my, my, my rankings a little bit, but I'm not going to. Because I have guys that I really don't like as much as Mims rated ahead of Mims. Like, I have LaVisca Chenault and Brandon Ayuk ahead of him, and I don't like them as much. But I just think that Mims is a, is such a good fit. I get that. That that's I I will agree. I think that he should be the pick there. You know, with everybody right, so on your board. Oh yeah. You're back on the board now with Miami for the second time. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna trade back a second time? Uh nah. I don't think so. I think that there's a. I think there's a player. I I think I know who you're gonna pick. <laughs> I think I know. I'm gonna wait. There's a position of need that I've seen them take a lot at 18, but if, I mean, the, dude, I think that the the specific position I'm thinking of it's really thinned out quick, and uh, if you don't get on it, Miami's well, they're screwed at that position. Yeah, let me get Josh Jones, man. Oh, that wasn't gonna be what I thought. Okay. You thought I was going Ruiz? No, I thought I thought you were gonna go Yitor. Uh, We've seen edge players fly yeah. off the board, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Josh Jones. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, 27. I think that's where Yitor will go potentially. Ooh, see, I, you you thought that, but I'm not gonna give you the pleasure. I'm taking one of four guys. Yes, edges and need. Oh no, 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 no! You're gonna do that to me. Oh man, you know, you're not edges, gonna do this to me. Edges and need, and Yitor would fit, especially if they decide that Jadavian Clowney is not worth it. Which, by the way, man, we are ten days from the draft, and Jadavian Clowney is still a free agent. 
How Jeez. nuts is that? But I don't care, because you know what? They can always re-sign Jadavian Clowney for pennies on the dollar later and, uh, you know, not have to worry about drafting Nitor Grossmatos. Devin, when was the last time Seattle had a good offensive line? Never. It's been a long time. Like Since Walter, Sean Alexander? <laughs> yeah, like the days of having, like, Walter Jones um, leading the, the, the offensive line. Listen, man, they've tried and tried and tried and tried and failed and failed and failed and failed. Like, I'm looking up their, their depth chart right now, and I am scared to find out just how, like, truly terrible it is. Um, I know Ethan Posick is there, and they drafted him relatively high, and he, he just, man, all the guys just suck. All right, Ethan Posick, BJ Finney, and God, I didn't even know DJ Fluker was on this team. Oh, God. Yeah, that's just about all it has to. This has to be, sorry, Devin, I'm taking him, not you. It's Cesar Ruiz. My heart breaks. Yeah, and you know what? What makes it worse is that he went to an NFC competitor and he couldn't go to your Saints. I don't know if they needed him in the Saints, but... Man. Man, that, their offensive line is so bad. They have the most pathetic offensive line. I don't care. Like, BJ Pinney... BJ Finney and DJ Fluker both signed there this offseason, and I still don't care. I'm not. I'm not touching it. They was, need. They need some talent. I was hoping that you wouldn't pick Caesar Ruiz simply because that's who I was going to pick for the Ravens. Yeah. So with Ken, with with Kenneth Murray off the board, I don't think like the Ravens. They the Ravens don't pick LSU. Or, they in fact have never picked an LSU. Guy. They don't pick LSU players in. With Murray gone, it's just like, dude, I don't think they love. Like, I think Patrick Queen is a first-round player, but I just don't love him for the Saints. Just you're, uh, you're with Baltimore. Yeah. You're, you're I, yeah, I know 29 is the Saints, but I, the Ravens just don't pick LSU players. We're just like. They could, man. Jordan Reed from the draft neck was saying that there's a definite chance they're high on a lot of LSU guys. This isn't the Ozzie Newsome days anymore. Yeah, that's true. But they still need a linebacker, so you got to go. You got to pick them. Patrick Wayne. Yeah. Yep. First ever LSU uh, draft pick for the Ravens. It took like 25 years of existence, which is nuts when you think about that. You're now back on the board again with uh, with the Saints. Mm. And it, the, the board really hasn't gotten any clearer, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like when you look at their needs, linebacker, they've now just missed on both. Yeah. Corner. Maybe. Jeff Gladney? Yeah. That, that. To get him at 29, to trade back at 29 and still be able to get him? Man. That's or do you, do you decide that maybe it's worth... Listen, I'm, I'm going to be real with you, Devin. You're, you're a diehard Saints fan, right? Mm-hmm. How many years does Drew Brees have left? Not many. Is Taysom Hill a quarterback? This is actually his last year. So is, I feel like is, now is, Tays- is Taysom Hill a quarterback? No. So this is what I was thinking. I now think that you they your own question. yeah. So now that they've traded back, I wanted to see number one would Queen last that long, and he didn't, right? Because Kenneth Murray was gone too. Because I think that if Kenneth Murray is there, the Saints take Kenneth Murray. But now that they've traded back, and not only that, they got additional picks to go along, potentially a second-round pick that they didn't have before and still have their first-round pick, you know, or a third, another additional third-round pick. 
now they can kind of play with it, you know? So now I think they need a succession plan, right? And Teddy's gone now. Taysom's not really a quarterback. They We signed him to be a utility guy and be an all-around guy, right? And I know a lot of Saints fans are not going to want to hear this. They might not love it, but I think that this Jordan Love is the pick here. Now that, I like it. Now with all the kind of circumstances surrounding it, now it's like you have him here at 29, and the Patriots didn't get him. You know, a team didn't trade up to get him from another team we don't expect it. So now I feel like at 29, it's a better value compared to him being picked at 24 for the Saints. For the Patriots, it would have been fine. But for the Saints, I feel like it also depended on who else is on the board, right? And they get another pick in addition to their already third-round pick after this first-round pick. So to me, I think Jordan Love is the pick here. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you're now back on the board, 30 with Green Bay. Ooh. You know. There's a, there's a position they get picked almost every time. And, in fact, the guy that usually gets picked for them, both of the, well, both of the guys that usually get picked for them are still available. Hmm. Now, now I have to think of who I think they will pick here. Uh, it's usually a wide receiver that I see. Yeah. And it's see, usually Ayuk or it's Mims. Or, or sorry, Ayuk or uh, or Rieger. I've also seen Chenault as well. Oh, no, no. But that's no, not. Yeah, that's that's a definite reach. Man, I'm looking at my, at my receiver rankings, and like I said, man, like I, I should probably go back and redo that. But, you know, the, the Packers, they get connected all the time to, um, you know, Brandon Ayuk. Or maybe T. Higgins. You know, I see a lot of Jalen Rieger. We know they need another wide receiver. It's just kind of which one do you like and which one do you think they're going to go with. Because I really don't think that there's another position that I've seen them go in round one. And think about it. They see tight end as needs. Inside defense alignment as needs. The inside defense alignment would not be necessarily a reach. But I just don't think that at that spot that they would go with someone that, you know, at that position, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I don't know, man. Um, I think they go receiver. And uh, personally for me, when I think about their receiver, they got Devontae Adams. Uh, then they got a bunch of other guys, you know, and none of them really stand out. And then when I look at people who are available, you got Jalen Rieger, and you know he's a pretty he's a he's he's fast. You know he, he's he's a pretty good receiver. I just don't know how he fits in that offense per se, in terms of being. I don't know, man. I I just don't know if Green Bay goes for the small receivers, you know. And you got T Higgins potentially or Lavisca Chanel. Or Brendan Ayuk, who has been kind of an anomaly this year, as in, um, you know, just in terms of kind of how things go. So I don't think I will pick Jalen Rieger here at 30. Um, I like him. I just don't love, love him at this pick, you know. Hamler, Hamler obviously not. Uh, Brendan Ayuk, I think that's a reach here in the first round. Um, 
I'm gonna go with T. Higgins. Ooh, I like that. I just, I really like, uh, really like T. Higgins. He's still, he's still my guy. I think that. Uh, has, I think that it hasn't been a great pre-draft for him, but he's still my guy. Yeah, I, 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 I still like him. You know, I still like him as a receiver. You know, bigger body. Uh, not that bigger body receivers are necessarily better, but I think that just having him there is just a little. I feel for me, I, I just like him a little bit more than Lavisca or Jalen Rieger for that pick. I'm back on the board now. Thirty-one. I gave them uh, with sorry with San Francisco. I gave them at thirteen. Derek Brown. You know, I passed up the wide receiver earlier because I just I didn't think the depth was necessarily there, and you know, for defensive tackle. And I was right because I'd have to be as much as I love Neville Gallimore. I'm not sure I'd really want to be taking him at 31. And I'm sitting here now. I still we we've only had, if you take a look at it, five. We've had six wide receivers go off the board. I think we can all say that this is a really good wide receiver class. For sure. Like without saying, like that's kind of like the the under the underwhelming statement of the year. Now, when I'm taking a look at, at San Francisco, there's not a lot of needs, but you know Kyle Shanahan's going to want to build up that offense. And you know, Debo Samuel is fantastic, but what else is in that offense? Jalen Hurd, not really. Kendrick Bourne, no. Marquise Goodwin, no. They lost Dante- Emmanuel Sanders too. They lost Emmanuel Sanders. Dante Pettis, not a chance. <laughs> that was a reach back then. It looks even worse now. They need a guy that they can kind of throw out wide a little bit, throw in the slot a little bit, kind of like getting a second Debo Samuel, but like maybe a better route runner. Because Debo is kind of like get the ball in his hands and, and just let him do everything, right? That Like that is Debo's game. You don't have a great route runner on your roster. But there's one waiting there. And it's a guy that we had heard, for, you know, at the Senior Bowl was a first-round guy. Every team had him rated higher than a teammate of his last year. Brandon Ayuk is going to be the pick at 31. Hmm. Why not? Fuck it, why not? True. And now you uh, are back on the board with Miami. The Dolphins, who somehow have even more picks now. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) It's like the PFF mock draft where you can just trade back limitless times and it <laughs> and and it doesn't it doesn't punish you for it right so you got Tua, you got an offensive tackle uh it's time to shake things up now oh yeah i'm going with antoine winfield jr hey i knew that we wouldn't have a, a mock draft and let him get out of round one i just i knew it our son antoine winfield jr don't ask how that works uh, especially considering I believe he's only like a year or two younger than both of us. But <laughs> regardless, we y'all knew that we, we weren't going to let him fall out of round one. Absolutely not. There, not. there was no chance. And to me, I think picking him that late is better than reaching on him at 18 or 26, potentially. Like 26 wouldn't be too big of a reach for me, but... 
I felt like. This is a team that gets connected with Xavier McKinney, so. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and when they, when they, and they could have had McKinney at uh, 18, you know, but they traded back. And still, you still get a, a high caliber safety. And I feel like, I like McKinney. I think that he, I don't know if he fits as well as Winfield, in my opinion, for the Dolphins. Yeah. You know? I, I think it's interesting that we went through the first round and we didn't see Jalen Rieger. We didn't see Jeremy Chin. We didn't see Kyle Duggar. We went with just kind of how the board fell and didn't try to, to shoehorn anyone in where maybe it just wouldn't have worked. Yeah, for me, it's like, I know teams are going to do that, but at the same time, I feel like this is a year where the guys that we expect to go will go, but it's just a, a matter of who is going to pick them, who is going to make a trade. And we made a few trades, but I don't think none of them were like crazy, super crazy off the wall, you know? Maybe the Chiefs won just to get greedy, you know? You know, they have other needs. They do need a running back, but they can get one in the second round. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, for sure. So, to me, it's just like, not necessarily playing devil's advocate, but being at the same time just picking with who you feel ne- what needs to happen, you know, for yeah. these teams. Because, like, for me, the Saints, I just feel like they have to address that. Like, we cannot continue to go year to year and be like, oh, yeah, yeah Taysom could be a, a quarterback of the future. But the future could be tomorrow. It could yeah. be it could be after week one. You know, Drew Brees, I'm not I'm not here to talk about, you know, negatively, but Drew Brees could have a career ending injury after week one. What are you going to do? <laughs> you got to yeah. sign you got to sign a, a, a feasible backup. But the season's pretty much salvaged at that point, because at least Teddy, he came in five and zero. Oh, you know, he could have took the team to the playoffs. They weren't going to be, you know, excellent, but they were still going to be competing worthy. Taysom, you got to change your whole entire offense around him, you know? So, to me, I feel like bringing in Jordan Love, he can run the offense. Yeah. You know, he'll have talent around him. That's the one thing at Utah State he did not have. He didn't have talent, you know? And he has the ability, and we've seen Sean Payton develop quarterbacks. We've seen how him and Drew Brees have hit it off. And even when Drew Brees is out, you know, Teddy last year, you know, they've always had a solid backup as well. You know, they had Chase Daniel for years and thankfully he never had to come out and play because I don't, I don't know how that would have went, but they always have a plan at quarterback and you're, you cannot tell me that they're going to go into the draft and then leave the draft without some sort of future plan in place, you know? So, I think that's a good place to cut off for today. Uh, we may have another podcast for you this week. We're still working on a few things. If not, you will definitely hear from us next week. So until next time, guys, you can find me on Twitter at MikeH underscore draft. You can find Devin at RealD underscore Jackson. Follow both of our work over at uh, BlueChipScout.com. Follow the podcast at Big Shots Pod. And we'll see you again next week.